Podcast. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. With the Baker's Plus card, it's easy to get lower than low prices. For the win! Earn fuel points on every purchase and save up to a dollar a gallon at the pump. The Baker's Plus card. All you do is win. Big, big savings. Sign up now at bakersplus.com and start saving. Bakers, fresh for everyone. Savings may vary by state. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your favorites with the buy five or more, save a dollar each sale. Simply buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with your card. Bakers, fresh for everyone. Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to the Social Psychic Radio Show featuring Jason Zuck. Jason has been an intuitive psychic medium since 2004. This show will cover a variety of topics relating to spirituality, mediumship, self-improvement, and intuitive guidance. Whatever interests you, remember that we are all here to share and learn. Sit back and get ready to socialize with the social psychic. Hello and welcome to the Social Psychic Radio Show. This is Jason Zook. It's with great pleasure that we have a special guest tonight, Joanne Muir. Joanne has an experience in body work, shamanic healing, and sound therapy. She also works with life events. And um, there's a lot of modalities with energy medicine and verbal process and a few other things that she does. And she's very trained with multiple facets of the shamanic healing and energetic transformation. Joanne holds a license in massage therapy and has a degree in human development from Eckerd College in St. Petersburg, Florida. As her trainings brought her deeper perception and palpitation skills, Joanne found that the greatest teacher to be that which is the physical and energetic bodies themselves and the wisdom that they hold. Through years of intensive training and experience, she's mastered the ability to tune into and work with the structural and subtle energy realms and the body's cellular memory. Joanne states, and I love this quote, and I wanted to use this as part of our introduction, we all have the power to be our own healer, our own shaman. Welcome to the show, Joanne. Thank you, Jason. I'm really, really, really excited to be here. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Uh, I, I want to thank uh, Ryan for introducing us to each other, by the way. Looking at your information, and I'm so glad to have you on tonight because I have like this checklist of people that I'd like to have uh, be on the show. I would love to have you describe your experience with shamanic healing and sound therapy, but I first want to get into the shamanic healing because that's just very interesting to me. Can you tell me a little about the background of what that is in case our audience doesn't really understand it, just as a, a lay person, for example, no background with it, what would you describe it to be? Yeah, it's a big, it's a big answer, and I don't mean by complicated elements. I mean that one of my favorite things to say about shamanism, for me, is it's kind of anything goes. And and I I smile when I say that because I sort of need no parameters. As much as I love education, and thank you for the introduction and, and the bio there, because obviously I do really enjoy delving into this academic 
exploration of what's going on um, in a field or how we can perhaps discipline ourselves to know more. Um, there is also an element to shamanism for me that is, <laughs> as my shaman used to say, if you don't know, just make it up, right? And so this quote okay. from Einstein is sort of coming to mind because he used to say sort of like, you know, your intelligence is just, uh, your, excuse me, your imagination is just as important as your knowledge or your intelligence, you know? And quite often sure. Sure. we limit ourselves by thinking that we need to know something. So if we could get the knowing out of the way or the need to know out of the way and just go, well, what do I feel in this moment or, or what's sort of coming to me in this moment or what sort of answers am I getting in this moment, um, then often we have more freedom to just live in the moment, firstly, and, um, and access information beyond ourselves, beyond our mind. Um, Eckhart Tolle said in his book, The Power of Now, that in, he sees in this culture we have a disease of thinking. And I love that he put that word disease in there. You know, it's sort of like yeah. this, this rampant overthinking that we've got going on. And this, you know, you hear sure. a lot of languaging, right, that we're trying to figure things out. You know, we've got to try and we've got to figure. It's like actually we don't have to do anything. We can just sort of receive these answers. And so, so for me, this anything goes is I think that we all need the freedom to be able to hear, feel, perceive, and receive answers and knowings that resonate with us so that we can, thank you again for that quote, know that we have the power to heal, choose, decide, you know, make great choices for ourselves, know that we're always on the right path. My goodness, I hear so many of my clients say they feel lost or on the wrong path, and there is no wrong path, right? We are where we are. So I, I think that for me, this, this philosophy of living has really helped me in someone who I admit is a recovering perfectionist, <laughs> meaning it was quite a lot of self-judgment, right? You know, if, if it was like, if it was an A, not an A plus, if it was sort of like, you know, I'd stayed too long at a job or perhaps a relationship ended or whatever the case was, it was like, that was wrong. Yeah. Really what I think we need to do is not be so self-critical. It'll free us up to realize how right we are for all our choices. And if we really feel off our destiny path or we don't feel aligned with, with, with our greatness, then yeah, sure, maybe we need to make a turn up ahead. Um, so how I got into the shamanic path per se, uh, I think with every shaman, it's, it's sort of like you're born into it. And what really seems to be true is we don't call ourselves that until lots of other people are calling us it. And it was funny for me to have people come to me and say, oh, you know, I don't know what to do about this kind of shoulder pattern or these sleep issues that I'm having. So I thought I would bring it to the shaman and I would look around the room and say, who are you talking about? <laughs> you know? Um, and so it was just a matter of we're just doing the work. We're just doing what feels right to us. And then realizing that it has shamanic elements for certain reasons. So with that, um, shamanic healing for me is a little bit more than body work. And maybe I'll even backtrack because I think I had a shamanic experience receiving body work. So what I mean by that is in massage school, somebody was practicing what we call a myofascial release. So that is releasing the fascia. In this case, it was on my back. And instead of just feeling, you know, physical relief or perhaps a tingling sensation of the nerves being stimulated or, or something like that, I, to use languaging from today, I felt like I dropped through a portal into another universe. And it was very vast and the temperature was different and what I was seeing was lots of sort of, you know, galaxy-type imagery, if I was to describe it. And I was really yeah. awakened at that point. I was like, whoa, <laughs> where did I go? <laughs> you know? Wow. Um, and that really helped me explore that there was more to this than back pain, for example. 
And graduating massage school, very, very drawn to train in something called craniosacral therapy. And that is a modality that works with the central nervous system, getting into okay. the, bones of the, uh, the bones of the cranium, uh, the sacrum through the, the head, uh, the tailbone, the spine, and really anywhere on the body, and using the rhythm of the craniosacral system as a significance detector. Actually, it's like reading the pulse. Maybe an acupuncturist would read a pulse to sort of evaluate you. So we use the cranial system to do evaluatory uh, type of palpation touch, and then it tells us where to go, and it tells us what to do. Almost like my mom and I used to say, like a human Ouija board, right? <laughs> like, yeah. Again, don't have to know anything, just have to learn how to tune into subtle wisdoms already present to all of us. If you have a spine, you have this, right? Um, and then it just absolutely delved into getting into PTSD type work, releasing trauma, the whole concept being that our bodies are like libraries and the cells in our bodies are like the books. And so the more you get into sort of unwindings or working with the cranial system, uh, maybe listening to the rhythms of the organs, which in Chinese medicine, every organ holds uh, unique emotions. And so you're actually getting into a dialogue and getting answers. But what I found, Jason, was not just that you were getting answers to, oh, I don't know, you know, you were eight, you fell off a horse, and that trauma is still in that shoulder. People were getting answers, self-included, to beyond this physical existence. Maybe even to, if people are open to this, past lives. Maybe even, Definitely. if people are open to this, information that wasn't even in our lifetime, just what maybe Carl Jung would call the collective unconscious. So can I feel in my heart world sadness? It doesn't have to be mine, right? And, and, You're and speaking my is, language, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> I love this, right? So this is one of the things yeah. I'll sort of let guidance loop me back to this shamanic uh, question is that one of the things that a lot of shamans that I've worked with and, and self-included feel that is really sort of numero uno problem with the, the world, right, big statement, is the disconnect connect from each other, not knowing that we're actually sharing each other's feelings and emotions. Uh, you know, one of my favorite quotes, I tend to use a lot of quotes, but Ram Das says, we're all just walking each other home. And I think we've forgotten that we're all just trying to do this human thing. What the heck is this, right? And we're sure. all just trying to figure out why we're having memory of our ancestors' experiences and memory from this life and others, but still trying to make it to a nine to five job and still, you know, not really resonating with our neighbor, right? And it gets, it gets very complicated. So I think what happened for me is I loved the training of body work and I could see it was opening me to more. And a few years into that training, met my first shaman who was doing classes on channeling. And okay. I would say channeling is, you know, much more about it than me, but channeling is definitely, to oversimplify it, just a way of opening and receiving messages. There are definitely ways to work with it where you can enhance your channeling abilities, um, but it's one of the tools that I use every day, whether I'm using it for myself or for my clients or, you know, for friends or whatever the case is. Um, but again, to bring this back to the shamanic question, shamans just have the ability, the desire, the want even. Let's just say they have the intention. Maybe they just have the belief system that 
they are not separate from the tree, you know, the grasshopper, the elements, the wind, the water, and therefore everything becomes a tool, a teacher, a friend, a supporter uh, to them. So it's a lot to do with connectedness. It's a lot to do with ritual around these connections, you know, quite often facing the four directions, greeting the four directions, working with the water, whatever the case is. Do ritual. They set aside time to work with the elements, the moon, the sun. And I would say, I would say when it gets more specific is perhaps I would equate it even to sort of law or medicine, that maybe the undergrad component is similar, but the specialization might be different. So some, some shamans work with herbs and, and um, plants, and some work with sound, okay. some might work with movement, some might be shamans of weather. <laughs> so, so, it, so what you're called to how to work with it, how to apply it to your life. Maybe you're a shaman in banking today. Goodness, it doesn't have to be, you know, it doesn't have to be sort of, you know, um, if you could be a shaman in banking, maybe you could channel the winning lotto numbers or something. I don't know. <laughs> no. um, but I mean, I think there's lots of different applications of it. And, and, and thank you again for saying, you know, that we all have the power to be this. I just really enjoy sort of saying to people listening or that come across my path of, you know, you can too, and you too might have it enhance your quality of life, you, you know, and, and what could be wrong with that. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. If it works, it works. I, um, I don't know yeah. if you've ever heard of sacred floats. It's a place in Tampa and they do the uh, deprivation, sensory deprivation tanks. I actually did that a year ago. And from that experience, you basically immerse yourself in salt water and the tank is yeah. closed and you literally have, it's like they, they say it simulates being in the womb as, you know, before we were born. And from my experience doing it, the one thing I felt from the entire experience, other than it being very relaxing, was I felt the interconnectedness between all of us in the universe. And I felt like everything's part of a larger invisible fabric. Everything inanimate, you know, and, and things that are just physical, nature, everything's connected, all of us. And I believe that it sounds like what you're defining shamanism to be it, it kind of plays off that, the interconnectedness between us and nature and the universe and the spiritual realm and the physical. Absolutely. Would that be an accurate? Absolutely. Be, okay. Absolutely. And okay. I think it's really beautiful because I think it's sort of going back to, you know, we are all one, but are we seeing that as a philosophy that we're trying to wrap our heads around or are we feeling that and knowing that? And, you know, there's been a couple of quotes I've heard that sort of shamanism is the oldest religion to mankind. And it's, it's a bit difficult today to say that because we've got, we've got a lot of energy on the word religion, you know. Um, and so I, I think, I think what someone might mean by that is it, it was just a way for us to feel connected. You know, you might hear someone say, oh my gosh, that was a religious experience. You know, they're not saying that they necessarily went to church as much as like you're saying you had a religious experience per se to, to have this, you know, this, this memory and this awareness. Um, and you know, I've heard someone else say shamanism to them sort of means survival. And I think what they also mean is you know, before we knew what we could eat, we had to, we had to probably talk to the berries or, or probably have a bad experience here and there to know that we shouldn't eat that berry. But how did we know what to eat? You know, how did we know where to fish? How did we know where to make homes and, and how to work with solstices and suns and seasons and such? And um, I'm sure trial and error was some of it. But a lot of it was just being connected and knowing, just a deep knowing. And I love that you say, once you emerged in water, first of all, um, to sort of get a little academic or, or, or geeking out on this, water is known to hold memory. 
And so it's really beautiful when we go into it, especially then taking away some of the external sounds or perhaps all of the external sounds, as you're saying, happens in a float. Um, And then hearing, because I think your ears are submerged too. Is that right? Yeah, you have have earplugs in. Yeah. You have the earplugs in. And what happens is the salt is, uh, it makes it so you float. You don't even touch the tank really. You're literally floating because the content of the salt in the water basically makes you buoyant. Uh, See, for an hour, you're not even really impacted by gravity. You're just... Yeah, so I was going to say, there's no gravity. Right, exactly, which on some level we are all just existing, right? And then we get this download that we have to do this human matrix thing, and we have to deal with gravity and some of the other, you know, laws that, that we have to abide by. And then we forget that we're actually free and limitless. And that can be very... That can be hard. Liberating. <laughs> that can be hard. I found it liberating for me. I know other people are afraid to try it. Some people say they're claustrophobic. Some people say they're – I try to get my friends to do it, my family members, and I haven't gotten much of a response. Uh, I'm a big advocate. Try things that you haven't tried You're before. Be a, and a, a float pusher. <laughs> correct. Correct. That's great. Um, I just think it's, it's great to do. Um, I think one of the things with shamanism that I like, too, is that the practitioner seeks to reach altered states of consciousness to interact with the spiritual yeah. world. And they try to yeah. channel, I guess, transcendental energies into this yeah. world. So you try to bridge the yeah. gap between the two. I like that. I like it's that a lot. definitely about translating and communication. Um, I was thinking about this not too long ago because I, w- I was guided to ask a client this. You know, guidance gives me all the questions. I actually have, um, uh, not trying to make a plug here, but it, it's relevant to our conversation. I have a a short, fun book that I'm working on just to kind of get a starter book out there. And it's called, Are You Smart Enough to Know You're Not Smart Enough to Know? Um, and <laughs> the joy of that is that all we really have to do is listen, you know, that, that I'll ask a question in session and it'll be really, really poignant for someone. And, um, you know, for them, it's like, oh, wow, how'd you know that? It's like, well, I actually didn't, <laughs> you know, it was just presented in this moment. But um, I think what happens, you know, when I was a child, I, I thought I wanted to be an interpreter for something like the United Nations. I was actually born and raised in the UK and, and that was on my radar as potential and there were a couple of other things that I wanted to do, psychology and that sort of stuff. And now I sit here and I think, oh, yes, that sort of all came to fruition just in this, you know, um, shamanic way. So definitely still a translator and, and psychology is a big part of, of, you know, the work. But it's not really about us, the practitioner. It's really just about being a messenger. Um, and, and you and I were kind of brainstorming before. And that's safer. It's better for everyone. Just let the information come through. Another element to shamanic work I do find is to do a lot of purging and letting go. And I don't know where we pick this up. If it's just Western culture, we do a lot of holding, a lot of holding on, um, a lot of, you know, emotional hoarding. I mean, whether your house stuff or not, it's not really about that. Um, You know, we do have a relationship to our material things that might be quite out of balance right now. Um, I love the idea of people coming together and doing, you know, like mandala work or, or nature artwork where you create something and then let nature take it away. We need to practice this. We need to practice creating something and letting it go. Because um, I That's think a great. lot of, yeah, a lot of dis-ease, uh, I know a massive element to this, right, can just be congestion, you know, old mm. patterns, beliefs toxicities, stories, 
most that are not relevant. I'm going to add one. I'm going to add yeah. one thing to what you're saying. And I think it's right on point. When I do my readings, most of the people that come yeah. to me have to learn to let go of certain things that are occupying space that doesn't need to be occupying. You know, um, either yeah. it's and 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 I find that that's fascinating. You say that because I, I I've seen that through my experiences that they get bogged yeah. down emotionally and 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 spiritually with this baggage that they don't need to hold on to anymore, learning to forgive, moving on with life. Sometimes it's better to take the path of least resistance for yourself because in reality, life's too short to hold on to these negative feelings and experiences. And uh, it's better to fill yourself with these healthy, um, you know, healing things. And um, I like that you're, you're in the, wor- the, the real world, as I call it, right, our, our, our regular world, being able to yeah. help people with these modalities. And yeah, giving them yeah, this as opportunity. Saying, yeah, as you're saying, people may may buy onto that concept. You know, sometimes they're coming from what I'm holding things that aren't mine. You know, we might be starting there. Um, we might be at the place where like, oh gosh, yeah, I know. And then what's next for them is, what do I do about that? You know, how do I let go? As, as I, I don't know about you, but I hear that a lot. How do I get this out of me? How do I let go? And then it gets cerebral, right? So then we're back to this overthinking and this figuring it out <laughs> as opposed to the just letting it go, right? Which I think is honestly Correct. why I was drawn to this work so young. I think guidance was so good to me. They might roll their eyes and say they've worked double time with me, but <laughs> they were really good to me <laughs> because I was definitely a holder. I was a little worrier as a kid and I, you know, I was very stressy and, uh, you know, that sort of like, oh, she's wise beyond her years. Yeah, she's a worrier beyond her years, you know. And I think I was just really grateful to go body-centered and then for me, you know, sound, um, plant medicines, uh, travel. I think travel is very important. I think we get very complacent um, seeing the same things over and over. And it doesn't have to be elaborate travel and that sort of stuff, but just shaking it up a little bit, you know. Um, one of the things actually that is a concept of body work and then shown to me in a ceremony in Peru is this concept of disorganizing to reorganize. So kind of back to your point, if people are holding a lot of things that they don't need anymore, bogging them down, I love that, um, is also to get pseudo sciency for a second, that, that matter cannot be created or destroyed, they say. You know, energy cannot be created or destroyed. So sometimes it is that we have to release some stuff that is not ours. Sometimes it's just that we have organized ourselves around old beliefs or old patterns or old pains so that if we could disorganize that for a second and reorganize it in a healthier way, then perhaps we would just be back to our optimum function again. And it was a beautiful, beautiful ceremony in Peru. And, and I was shown that each different, uh, how would I say it, sort of complex or dysfunctioned layering system equal different diseases. And then if we just shook that up and let the pieces fall kind of back to original, maybe original self, original face, you know, something like that, neutral, you know, uh, like an etch-a-sketch, <laughs> right? Like sure. just shake it up and let that sure go. And then see how we I really like that feel about something. Example. I like the imagery. Yeah. Of that. I had an etch-a-sketch as a little kid, which yeah. was uh, the thing with, for our audience that might be younger, the etch-a-sketch was the thing you draw with and you shake it up and then the, the image you created got erased and you start over. And I like that. It's like tabula rasa. You start over. Um, you just start over and you didn't care. You didn't want to save that image. Again, we didn't want to hold on to that image. 
right? Now it's like, oh, we have to take a picture of it, and then we have to hold it, and we have to, you know, we're bogged down even in our phones, right? And we're Correct. Just, we're saving everything. We're saving everything. We're not even just letting the experience change us. Like maybe an experience is just to imprint us, change us in the moment, and then the experience be gone. So it's just a catalyst, right? It's just, a, it's just an alchemy, um, um, you, you know, so that we just let ourselves be changed. One of the other images I really enjoy when I'm speaking in groups is the idea of a kaleidoscope. Do you remember those two where you yes. just kept spinning? Yes. And every picture is beautiful. It's not like, oh, that one, oh, not this one. Or, like everything's beautiful. Like, so can we see the world as just ever-changing imagery? and really not be too attached to sort of good or bad, right? Just isness. Um, and, and obviously, you know, some, some spaces and time are going to be a little more uncomfortable than others. Um, but, I, but I do think it's important to do, and especially with the intensity of the times right now, I am mm-hmm. finding that we need, and I'd love to hear your take on this, we're needing a little bit more disorganizing and reorganizing. Um, getting in sure. a little bit more, shaking it up a little bit more. You know, I'll if I'm it, doing sound work with – go ahead, yeah. I was going to say, I call it letting the air out of the tires. <laughs> letting the pressure yeah. out because mm-hmm. so many people have so much pressure with currently where we're living in society. And um, from my vantage point, I think that's where this stuff could be so important, these modalities, this, meditation, yoga, sound therapy. Uh, that's another thing I want to ask you about. Because um, I've been to a crystal ball meditation in the past, and I found that fascinating. And I was looking yeah. at your website, which, by the way, tell the audience your website so that we can share that. Oh, yeah, thank you. It's uh, actually just my name. So J-O-A-N-N-E, M as in Mary, U-I-R dot com. Uh, there's okay. a bio thank there, and, and any events are there. And it's, um, yeah, the same for Facebook and such. Um, but yeah, I do sound events as well as sound in my actual sessions also. Yeah. Tell, tell us a little about that is in what, what exactly, what instruments do you use or what modalities do you use for sound therapy? Yeah, I will. Thanks so much. Um, funny actually, cause we were just touching on, you know, sort of when I was a kid, what I wanted to be when I grew up and, um, I was really into the arts. I was, uh, you know, I mean, I think, I guess every little girl is a dancer and that sort of stuff, but competitive and in some of the Scottish dancing that uh, I was raised with, um, competitive singing and vocals and things like that. And my grandfather was a musician. And at the time, he used to come over on the ocean liners and stuff to uh, the States and he played with Benny Goodman and all these, all these greats. So it's really nice to feel, uh, it's kind of close to my heart to, to see that sound and music is in my world, you know, and there's a little bit of a legacy there that, that I really hope he can see and be proud of. But um, what happens for me is, you know, doing body work for so many years. And then I, I honestly can't remember. So the first time I woke to this being true, always loving sound, always loving music, whether it was just having it as a back, you know, backdrop of my life or, you know, seeking out good DJs and good concerts and that sort of stuff. Um, or obviously being a singer myself, I saw someone working with sound and I saw this pattern in the body clear faster and cleaner than probably anything I could have done with my bodywork techniques. And I was shocked, right? <laughs> Mortified. I thought, okay, I'm out of business. <laughs> right? there's, there's no room for what I do anymore. No. Um, but I really had to explore that. I really had to look at that. And 
it's really just a frequency vibrational medicine element. In fact, I think about this and talking about good psychics in our history. Edgar Casey, yeah. He I love used Edgar to say, He's great. Come on. Honestly, he's great. So he used to say that sound is the medicine of the future. Um, but, you know, he used to say that. So in my opinion, that, the future is now, right? This is what he's speaking yeah. about. When perhaps a pain med or something doesn't actually clear it anymore, or yes, an antibiotic might be able to kind of do it full of weeks, but and did we really get into that cellular DNA program of, of, of you know, information there? Um, and so I think there's a difference for me between music therapy and sound therapy, so I'll kind of do a little bit of note there. Music, I think we all know as pretty organized. You know, I mean, it can make us feel great. It can make us feel sad. Even if we need that, it can pump us up. It can mellow us out. Musicians do know a formula to create melody and rhythm. Often they know the formula to create a catchy tune. You know, if you're listening to a jingle or any of the hit, you know, songs on the station, you're like, why is that song? When the song gets stuck in your head. head. (laughs) And you don't even like it, right? Next thing you know, you're humming it. Um, So there's an organized element to that. And that's great. We love that. And you probably know yourself, they've been doing so many great studies about music and Alzheimer's patients. And, you know, they're having difficulty walking and then they hear an old song that they used to do waltz to. And next thing you know, they're booking it across the dance floor because the body has memory, right? And the body is able to remember that specific vibrational frequency and organized frequencies to access and transcend the current situation, which is I cannot move into, oh, I remember how to move just like this, right? So it's amazing. I love that science is, you know, helping us um, bridge the gap and and make those bridges like you were saying earlier. Um, Sound for me is maybe not trying to get into creating specific melody. It's really just simplifying it. So one tone, one instrument, you don't have to necessarily create proper rhythm, it doesn't, which is great for me because as much as I was into sound, I, I wasn't necessarily a musician. So what happened for me is if you can use, for example, a rattle, and I would say a rattle when I'm doing my work, not a shaker. Uh, you know, a shaker, you might think of it to, you know, sort of like shake along as you're sort of in the background of, of some great song, whereas a rattle for me is a shamanic tool. And I actually, funny that I chose the rattle because I have a little term that I call the rattle. Have you ever heard of tapping in this sort of energy psychology realm that that people are quite into right now? It's a way of sort of tapping with your own hand or finger points on the body. To express? Yeah. You know, you you can express, you can activate, you can deactivate. Perhaps if you're getting anxiety or something, there's some points that you could tap on to kind of bring yourself through that. So so it's a really great thing in energy psychology right now. What I find rattling does is taps on the cells. And it taps, 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 taps. And it may bring up some resistance. It may bring up some frustration. (laughs) But once that build has come and the release happens, you get that unbelievable freedom unbelievable release of any information that the rattle is tapping on. And so it's a tool. And I'm not just getting up and sort of grabbing a rattle and thinking, oh, maybe I'll rattle for a little bit. I'm looking at what's happening while we're rattling. 
I'm letting the rattle decide. One of the things about shamanism for me is that I, I don't know what to do. The rattle does, right? So uh, giving the rattle the consciousness, right? Everything in shamanism has a consciousness. So, you know, sort of like if you don't know, just make it up, you know, let me see what the rattle wants to do. And then being curious, if I hold it over here, what does it do? If I hold it over here, what does it do? And then having the ability to watch what's happening for someone as we do this. And I think this is important. I, I really think this is important. I'm going to sort of go out on a limb here because um, in 20 years in the field, I think it's important to make a distinction between um, people who are just sort of picking things up and trying and thinking that energy is just energy and you can't hurt anyone, Right or people that are really yeah. using intention and being careful about when to use a rattle, when not, how long to rattle for, or whatever the case is. And so it is good to use intention. You know, touch without intention is going to be different than touch with intention, um, sound with intention, that sort of stuff. Um, but back to one of the things that I think is really important about shamanic tools, rattle, drumming, uh, flutes, anything like that, is it's quite often the repetition that does the medicinal work also. And so I think about this a lot because a lot of us say, oh, God, you know, I was, I was told this a lot as a kid and, and therefore it became a belief or, you know, the more you work out, the more you'll train your muscles or the more you do yoga. Thank you for bringing that up. I think it's very important to do movement and stretching. We hold so much junk in our bodies. Yeah. Um, it's the repetition that gets inside encrusted layers. It was a piece from a poem that a sound shaman wrote that I love. So, it, it's sitting with the discomfort of this repetitive beat of a drum or rattle or whatever the case is until we have that absolute release and anything that we're holding gets cleared by it. So you will okay. find that sounding can be you're rattling for a good five or ten minutes. Now, if you were just listening in, like, oh, what's this song about? You would think, what is with this person? <laughs> All they're doing is sure. the same thing for five minutes. But when you're doing it and how does it feel in the body, what are we trying to clear? Maybe I'm even saying something over it. I channel in a light language quite often, which is um, just kind of, you know, part of the channeling element of my work. And we're intentionally working to clear something. And we'll feel it clear. Often signs of release for a person or in a room or um, maybe a sigh, maybe some heat comes off the person, maybe the body readjusts, right? Because if you think about it, we're holding something in the tissue and the energy and that's released maybe we actually feel like we want to stretch and settle into that a little bit. So it's quite obvious when something's happening for someone. And I do find that sound has this frequency vibrational element to match and therefore negate anything that a person is holding. Um, I use a lot of tuning forks, as you mentioned, uh, crystal bowls. Um, I have a set of Tibetan bowls or just a different sound. Um, And then when we're doing the sound journey, so sort of now taking from when I be, might be working one-on-one to when we're working in a group, um, my partner and I do sound journeys where it's layered sound building on top of each other. And there are drums, there are uh, didgeridoos, which is an Australian Aborigine instrument, um, okay. rattles, chimes, forks, that sort of stuff. And you're sort of building this complexity so that people can uh, often tap into the memory in their body. But uh, journey, journey is probably a, a pretty significant thing that happens for people when they come to these more uh, complex, longer, two, two hours, 
Yeah, definitely. I was going to tell you, we have a caller. I was going to see, uh, bring the caller on for a second, see if they have a question oh, cool. for you. Oh, hello. Actually, hi. Thank you. Actually, uh, Jason, I had, I had some, I had a uh, psychic question, so it's not exactly shamanic healing. Okay. Uh, sure. What's your question? Okay. Uh, I was, I was wondering if you see like a serious romantic relationship in my nearest future. Well, I had hopes. Mm? Go ahead. You know, I was going to say, that's kind of off topic with what we're discussing right now. Yeah. Um, if you'd like to actually contact me for a second question, I'll be happy to do that after the show. Um, I, I really want our focus to be what Joanne's discussing with us today. And um, that would be probably my recommendation. Okay. okay. And how can I contact you? Sure. You can contact me, uh, info at the social, the letter D, social, S-O-C-I-A-L, psychicradio.com. Okay. Okay. But I'm Thank listening so to the show also. I, I'm listening to the show. It's quite interesting, shamanic healing, too. Thank you. Thank you. No, thank you for calling yeah. in. I just don't want to occupy. Our show only has 20-something okay. uh, minutes left, and I appreciate it. I will definitely answer your question. I just want to make sure we focus on what we're doing here because our time is okay. limited with this topic. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Sure. Okay. Bye-bye. We do actually have one more caller. I just wanted to see if it's on topic or not, hold on one second. Yeah, and then I actually want to speak a little bit to uh, the caller that we just had because that, that was a, a wonderful okay. uh, segue. So, yeah. Sure. Hello. Hi, uh, this is Jason Zook. Welcome to the show. Hi, thank you. My name is Yvonne. I also had a psychic question too, but <laughs> mine, was, okay. mine was more like um, mediumship about loved ones. Okay. Okay. Um, uh, do you, I would do you, go ahead. Oh, no, do you want to, do you, are you guys doing that right now or not today? If you can email me, and I, I probably should make this known on the show. I'm trying to keep it, if you do call in for a question, I'd like to keep it on point to the topic. Okay. It just makes it flow better. Um, I will be doing episodes in the future where I'll offer free readings on the air. And you can definitely email me, info at the letter D, socialpsychicradio.com. I will promise to be responsive to you. Um, within the next day or so, and we can link up, and I'll be happy to see what I can pick up for you. Oh, okay, great. Okay, thank you so much. Okay. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Okay. Uh, the reason I did that is I love our call-ins. I just I, I like the idea of keeping it to the topic. So if someone wants to call in and ask about your specialty, uh, to me that's more applicable for our show tonight than um, a general reading. I do, I do want to do shows in the future. We've done a few already where we offer – you know, psychic advice as our whole episode. So we call it socializing. Yeah, I think that's psychic. great. Thank you. Thank yeah, you. I think that's I great. To, really, really great. I, wanted I did want to say you, just a little bit about the, the first ahead. caller. Um, just because sure, I ahead. think it's really beautiful that when we can tap into a little more or know that we can, and then Lord knows I'm not trying to take business away or anything like that, but no, it's no, quite no. interesting to develop our relationship with our guides. And a lot of people, this is one of the questions I get a lot from, uh, whether I'm doing group work or in person, um, is how do you speak to your guides? How do you talk to your guides? Maybe even what are guides, right? Um, If people are God believers, if they're just universe believers, I know there's a lot of different beliefs out there. Um, They're all right, right? Um, For me, I can tell the difference if I'm in prayer or meditation and God's presence is here. It's, It's much different than speaking to my guides, and I believe that we all have sort of clusters and groups of guides, some people call them angels, whatever the case is, 
um, that are here to sort of be our buddies on the non-physical side. And developing a relationship with, and even if it is developing a relationship with trees or an animal totem, that's another part of shamanic work. It's kind of like, you know, uh, what animals do we resonate with? Or are we always seeing raccoons or whatever the case is? Um, we can ask those questions and develop a communication and a relationship with the non-physical realm that can answer some of those questions for us. And I think it's so beautiful to not have to feel um, hopeless or helpless about some of these bigger questions, especially if it is matters of the heart or missing a loved one or wanting to know if we're ever going to be in a relationship or something like that. These are very beautiful things for humans to get, you know, connection on. Um, and I chat with my guides all the time and they'll reassure me and they give me timelines and they tell me to be patient or they tell me to go ahead and do this first and that will be next or whatever the case is. And I've just found it very helpful over the years to develop that relationship, which doesn't mean that I never seek outside help. I've got wonderful people that I go to, um, but I quite like people to know that they can develop that also for themselves, you know. Definitely. I, I love the way that you say that because I find a lot of people ask me for relationship advice. And one of the things that I've told, I, I tell now to any client I work with or anyone who asks me is free will plays a large part with relationships. And if mm. I, as an intuitive, can give some advice about compatibility with somebody, I also like the idea of telling anyone I work with that you're meant to be with somebody. You're not meant to be isolated or alone. And that everybody has multiple people that you can connect with out there. I also tell yeah. people that anyone I work with, I say free will plays an important role in any relationship you're in. So it always right. requires work on both you and your partner. And that's a very important thing that a lot of people don't necessarily always think about is any relationship that lasts, long-lasting relationships, people married 50-plus years, most of them will likely say they had to work at it, even through the whole process. It's, it's constant communication, constant compromise and making those efforts of working together to bridge the gap if you start drifting apart from each other's expectations. Um, right, absolutely. I, I think that that's yeah. important. You know, getting, getting to our topic, I wanted to ask you about the life events that you offer yeah. on your site, and if you could tell us a little about exactly what does that entail and, and how does that specifically play into the body work, shaman, shamanic healing and sound therapy that you do yeah, I appreciate that. One of the things that I've been really grateful for is gatherings, coming together. Um, I saw a beautiful quote the other day. It was a, a doctor speaking about his wife had been um, quite ill, and, and it was an interesting interview. And uh, the interviewer said, you know, it's kind of interesting because you, you're such a big believer in self-healing and such. And he said, yeah, but I do find that sometimes our ailments can bring us to community. And it's a big thing I believe in. And ailments don't have to be a medical issue, right? Just that life can often bring us to community. And that with seven and a half billion people on the planet, I don't know if we're really meant to walk alone all the time, you know? Um, <laughs> and a big part of shamanic work is sitting in circles, sitting in ceremony, coming together. I mean, it was, it's tribal. We have tribes, right? And we know our place in the tribe, not know our place as in, you know, in some sort of... Um, this discipline type way, but just our, our, our special place, right? That we all have a role. I like to say when I'm teaching groups, it's like, it's like everybody has a superhero power, right? And we get to be X-Men and we get to come together and appreciate each other for our own individual superhero traits and then together use them well. 
And so tribes are a big part of it. Feeling recognized, understood, belonging. I think belonging is a huge part of human happiness um, and identity, that sort of thing. So group type way. So I do monthly uh, evenings where we speak on sort of shamanism and what it is to me, but maybe shamanism and what it is this month. And we bring in astrology. Maybe we're in a retrograde. Maybe it's a full moon. Maybe there's some things that have hit sort of the consciousness. And in meditation, I have seen this. Maybe I had a month where my clients came in all saying a very similar thing. I've had headaches. I've been exhausted. It's encouraged me to look at a trend or a pattern. The trend or pattern might be that everybody's adrenals are totally shot right now. Let's do a meditation around that. So I really let life dictate what we speak on or what to do next, whether we use sound, whether it's verbal process. Um, and, And with that, I've had a few people come recently to ask for a number of different things, a little bit more shamanic training and a little bit more sort of how do you dot, 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 you know, read energy, talk to your guides, see this, see that. So there's a couple events coming up based around that, reading energy and working with sound. Um, July 28th is going to be about a four-hour workshop. And then there's a couple things coming up that will be like full days, perhaps even weekends of shamanic retreats. So it's a little bit sort of supply and demand perhaps, you know, life sort of saying people are ready for this. And people have been coming, um, I do, you know, festivals and fairs, um, the, the sound journeys, just sort of wherever, wherever I'm called to speak and work in a group. And people have been coming and saying, you know, I do Reiki, but I think I'm ready for a little bit more. I do yoga, but I think I'm ready for a little bit more. One of the things I'm going to do next month also is to get a group of people together and go work in the water. As you were saying, too, your experience of being in water is very... Uh, transcendental. It can remind us of either the womb or beyond that. Working in the actual gulf, which we have access to here, can be beautiful because then you're working with the rhythms of the waves and the sun and the different elements. So it's really just about creating gatherings around around the, these concepts and philosophies of shamanism, body work, and that sort of thing, and making it tangible and accessible for people so that they can, I mean, just quite simply, have an enjoyable experience, maybe sure. have their own awakenings, but also create communities. Because one of the best things I got from training with my shaman years ago was the repetition of showing up to the classes and the same people who were like-minded, you know, my, my fellow X-Men, <laughs> showing up uh-huh. also and creating a tribe. And I think we need tribes. And I yeah, go ahead. I want to ask you, um, energetic pathways, how does that work in terms of shamanism and what you do with healing? Energetic pathways, when you speak of like shen lines and meridians and chakras and things like that, or do you mean that realm or, or beyond? Or? I'm thinking in terms, in terms of the spiritual realm, if you were to be told that you're, you're looking to remove and restore your energetic pathways, what would that mean to you? As a shaman. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, for me, maybe coming from the bodywork element, I would look at someone and see if we're talking pathways on a what we call uh, vectors, which is almost like an energetic grid that we all sit on. 
um, whether we are looking at meridian lines, whether we're looking at maybe ancestral pathways, sometimes there's some congestion there. So for me, it would sort of, lots of pathways are coming to my site as you're saying that term. And so I think what would happen for me is if someone was bringing that question up and I was looking at a specific person or group, I would see which pathways we're speaking about and what needs to be done or not done or reorganized or something. You know, we can work with umbilicus. Okay. There's kind of a lot of things there. And that might just were be you, coming from my, yeah. I was, was going to ask you, in terms of your own personal experience, did you undergo any type of initiation for your shamanic healing? Yeah, that's interesting. A lot of shamanic uh, stories of shamans are sort of like, um, lots of childhood, quote, illness, whether that's just severe depression or whatever the case is, usually some trauma. I mean, I suppose who doesn't, right? But usually some pretty significant trauma that is a little bit of a shock and perhaps almost like a disassociation or something like that so that there can be this awakening. Quite often shock therapy, it's funny, a client of mine were just speaking about this today, that shock therapy used to be used and can be a good thing. So it's kind of funny that's coming up. And then my initiation was uh, probably in part in the physical form when my shaman, uh, we were working in an apprentice way and she had me in the middle of the room doing a, a, an exercise and such. And I, I pretty much had a neo, as I would describe, like a neo response where instead of just being able to sort of out-of-body experience and dodge the bullets, I could just put my hand up and stop that bullet. I just became absolutely massive, expanded in the whole room and beyond, and she backed off and said, that's it, congratulations, you know, and just sort of walked away. And then around the same time was given a gift from, you know, from the gods, we would say, um, and it was, um, you know, most people believe they're sort of, interesting around this but it was the gift of um owl wings and uh okay. i called her to ask me to work with it and she said you know congratulations like you've been initiated this is your tool this is your animal totem so they do come they're interesting when they come because you don't or, or i didn't excuse me i resisted it's overwhelming it's overwhelming and, and i want to say this to sort of everybody it can be so overwhelming to stand on the edge of our greatness it is not sure. always comfortable. So for me, you know, I was young 20s, and who knows if I even had a neocortex yet, right? Like we get that at 25. I probably was just trying yep. to put the pieces together and already had this greatness offered to me, and, and there, was, there was a lot around that, you know. Um, I did go through years of, of using um, substances uh, when I was younger, all of this sort of exploration and trying to figure that. out. Yeah. Yeah, there was well, a lot I of want that. to ask you, so what t I know that that's something that's perception about shamanism. And I know like in South America that there's certain substances that are utilized. I'm not going to say whichever yeah. one you might have used, but can you yeah. talk a little about that in terms of yeah. the indoctrination of it and how it works yeah. with this? Yeah, Use definitely and 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 really you know whether the plant is feminine or whether it's masculine is important to the shamans you are working with the consciousness of the plant you are not you are not trying to you know do sort of get high right it, absolute sure. intention is sacred um this is not about trying to catch trails you know and I'm, I'm sort of being funny but not and i'm pretty adamant about sure. this um 
they're teachers. You know, they're, they're absolute teachers here. And lots of plants are teachers' plants, are teaching plants. Excuse me. Sage is one of our greatest teaching plants. Tobacco is actually an unbelievable teacher plant. Unfortunately, our country has done, has kind of really morphed the, the sacred element of tobacco, right? But if you just sit with a handful of tobacco, and see how it feels. It's unbelievable. It's so beautiful. Um, so even just sitting and holding a plant, right, is our teacher plant. It just so happens that as you're describing, whether it's sort of like South America, Africa, obviously out in the desert and that sort of stuff, some of these plants are high vibrational. Um, I think quite a lot of people have heard about a plant, ayahuasca. It's, it's known to be the highest vibrational plant on the planet. So all that means is it has enough intelligence, you know, perhaps God intelligence or something to help you get to a place where you can see what you need to see. Um, it gets down to the level of the DNA um, and uh, allows people to um, perhaps see what's living in their unconscious so they can be conscious and, and obviously work with it. Um, I will say this, quite a lot of people come and ask about that because it is kind of getting a little trendy. Um, and I will say that when I read clients and I say sort of not I say yay or nay, but advise them what I see for them, not everybody resonates and is aligned with it. And there are many, many, many ways to have awakenings. And I have had some of the most profound awakenings and information in a bodywork session. I've gone through my birth four times on the table just with wow. therapists um, in water sessions um, with sound sessions. So I'm not saying yay or nay. Um, for example, breath work, lots and lots of cultures just work with breath work. Uh, I'm even getting images of the whirling dervishes, right? Like some people are just supposed to yeah. move themselves into trance type states. The aborigines, they go walk about, um, even shamans, they do, uh, vision quest. So that's not a plan. So, that's just sitting with food or water for three days. You're about to see something. <laughs> I'm sorry, I was going to ask you, is that, is those no, different no, forms of, of shaman journeys, shamanic journeys? Right. Exactly. Are you describing? And, okay. And, okay. Yeah. And so I, I guess I just wanted to sort of expand that question, not to take away from the question as much as maybe to take some of the fat or the trend out of it, that, that unless you're going because you, you really need help, and it's almost like you're, you're going with a question, you're going with stucknesses, um, you're going ready to see something and to learn. Um, and the shaman I worked with in Peru, he said, you know, it's like meeting a friend. Once you've met them once, you can call on them anytime. And so quite often, again, our culture sort of thinks like, oh, gosh, got to go again, got to go again. And not really. You could access that information again if you wanted. You could call in that spirit if you wanted to. Um, perhaps you would play a song or, or pick up a rattle or something. Um, you know, I, I, was, I did this beautiful, beautiful sound intensive uh, a number of years ago, and we had to play Peruvian whistles. And Jason, oh, wow. it was incredible. You know, here's me who had all this sort of like shamanic experience, right? I think that, I think nothing can knock me off. <laughs> yeah, it's a way to have an ego, right? And they said, we're going to tap you on the shoulder when, when you have to stop playing the whistles because they, they create an out-of-body experience. And I'm like, oh, come on, right? It's a whistle. Like how much, how far could I go, you know? But the ancients knew how to design you know, wind instruments or uh, st Stonehenge or, you know, the eye on Machu Picchu. They knew how to harness sound, elements, sun, wind, whatever, to create altered states, to allow us to remember what we are. 
And so here I am sitting playing this whistle thinking this should be fun. And sure enough, just a couple minutes in, I, I really altered and, and I felt the tap on my shoulder and it was time to stop playing. I'm sorry, ahead, we, we only have a few minutes left, so I want to just cover a oh, couple okay, things. Yeah. I didn't mean to interrupt you. We have about four minutes left, so that's why it's going fast. And you, I love these kind of episodes because we get a lot. We get going yeah. and it goes so fast. I just wanted yeah. to ask you to, to revisit one thing because I, I think you're explaining everything perfectly to our audience. The concept of the the use of plants and then it's the spirit yeah. guide. And then I believe there's something called power animals or use of animal spirits. Can you talk a little bit about yeah. that for about a minute yeah, or so? Yeah, definitely, definitely. Some Thank people you. are really drawn to certain animals or sometimes, you know, you, you go to walk to your car and, uh, you know, a, a possum goes in front of you or something and it just so happens, what I tell everyone is, what were you thinking about at the time? Or look, look that up. You know, what about a possum? Their rituals, their, are they nighttime, daytime? What do they eat? What do they do? Because something about that animal in the Native American tradition could be imparted to you, their gifts, their knowledge. And so, again, it's back to imagination. What about a possum could I do right now? Do I need to play dead? I'm just sort of oversimplifying, you know. Um, you, sure. you know, what about the traits or the characteristics or the lifestyles or the, the power, the, the gifts? Could I, could I have right now? And some people think, oh, you know, I, I found my animal totem. And I think, well, you, you don't just have one. You might have one or two or a few that are quite significant through a lifetime. But I was thinking something the other day, and I went to walk out of my house, and the snake um, was on the path. And I was like, oh, thank you. <laughs> it was definitely an answer for me. Um, and so I do tell people there's a great book out there by Ted Andrews called Animal Speak. Great one to have around. You can look up your animal. You can read about it. Um, and therefore, sort of the animal, the world, animal world are teachers to you. Um, and then the plants, I would say, you know, it, it's really just about working with the plants, I say, is working with the consciousness of the plants. But there is, if you're going to sit, sit in Peru or Africa or whatever the case is, there is an ingested element. So I do want to make that okay. clear. Um, some people who don't want to ingest could just put it on their skin, maybe on their third eye, something like that. There's lots of ways to work with it. And then there is a sitting in ceremony, a beginning, a middle, and an end to ceremony for safety reasons. I, I don't recommend just sort of trying to find a plant out there and, and doing it on your own or whatever the case is. And then there was one more thing you said that maybe a little bit more clarity. What, what was that? It was just those two, but I think what's awesome in terms of how we're describing this, how you're describing this today and it, it actually has made me think of something a little differently. My own paradigm shift looking at this is the way that you look at disease as dis hyphen ease. Um, mm. I think that's interesting to actually highlight as we're wrapping up our episode. Explain that it, just a few yeah, words, what, you're, what you, you mean that in that concept. Yeah, thanks. What a, what a beautiful way to bring it back to uh, applicable to today. Um, we've got lots of diagnoses out there. MS, fibromyalgia, cancer, obviously things like that. And I'm not trying to say don't get a diagnosis and, and know what you're dealing with. But if you can just look at the energy behind it and just know that there's frequency, energies, stored angers, you can absolutely work through a lot of these conditions. Now, am I saying you'll get up out of your wheelchair and walk again? Am I saying, you know, I'm just saying that we often get very scared by the terminology and modern medicine's ability to understand or not understand, treat or not treat. Um, and I'm saying sure. that if we could break it all down to symptoms and energies and, 
and I do this with people. Well, it looks like it was this and this and this and this, and now all of a sudden you have all these pain patterns. And it's like, yes, well, it was just these five things. So let's work on that. So it's almost breaking it apart. It's almost taking a toy apart and saying, well, you know, this was a transformer. <laughs> but if I take it apart, it's sure. just kind of a leg and a hand and a foot and a this and a this. And then it's very <laughs> easy to see how we got there, and it's very easy to do something with it and reorganize it. Maybe we just reorganize it to where it's a lesser state. Maybe we actually have a, a good belief and we can heal from anything, which I, which I do believe. I really do believe that. Um, that. And obviously that. We, have a lot of, we have a lot of fear running in the country around illness, so – uh, in the world well, around illness. So we, we got to work with that, you know. I like the way that you, in, you tie that in because I think people sometimes identify with their diagnosis and they make excuses yeah. for their symptoms based on the diagnosis yeah. they receive from modern medicine. And yeah. It, it, it's, yeah a larger, crutches, it's a larger thing at work. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. And even if we can just say, because one of the things I like to say is that I'm, I'm a truth speaker and a truth speaker, right? Even if we can just say, oh, you know, I'm using this as a crutch right now. Okay, cool. <laughs> I mean, honestly, no judgments, but let's just, let's just see how, how, how much we can get to truth. Uh, you know, a lot of magic happens when we kind of land in what's true for us, you know, um, and it's okay Being to be there right path. now. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I want to I want to talk briefly about your current projects and you mentioned one of your your literary projects if you can share with our audience anything else that's coming up for you I also know you have your own show I wanted to have you share that with our audience as well. Oh yes, thank you. I almost forgot. Um I have a show also a radio show. <laughs> I'm so immersed in this um called Art of Self Evolution. It's it's really wonderful. I'm a big believer in everybody's ability to evolve and for me that means not just sort of reinventing yourself but um, taking everything that you have been, you know, this life and others, and, and letting that become something bigger. So I feel that we can sort of, you know, um, become, uh, there's like this term gestalt, that this, the whole is greater than the sum of its parts, so that we don't have to be all these chapters. We get to be even more than that and, and really be liberated and happy and joyful. Um, so the show just has lots of different guests on that are talking about their projects, and I really love doing it. Um, I do have a couple books. They're just going to be fun ebooks. Kind of the smart enough to know you're not smart enough to know is about this kind of work about tapping into your guides, how you can do that, why you would even want to do that. I think we need a why factor out there, or why are we even um, getting into this work? I think making it tangible, and then um, just a couple events in the area of uh, energy reading, shamanic workshops, and that sort of stuff, which will be posted on my website also. And I am on Facebook, and I post them there. So those are a couple, great. just a couple things in the immediate, yeah. Let me ask you this. If, if someone was to say to you in three sentences, what would be the most powerful experience that you've experienced with shamanism and sound healing to date? What would that be? Oh, my gosh. Did I just use one of my sentences? <laughs> nope, um, not at all. Not at all. I would say my trip to Peru was astonishing for me. Pretty much many, many, many bodywork experiences I've had on the table, group work. Um, and in the sound, gosh, I would kind of put sound and plants in the same category, just working with sound in a ceremonious way. Um, and they, yeah, it's been really, it's been an astonishing path and I feel really grateful. One follow-up question for you. What spirit animal would you identify with? Yes. 
for yourself? Yeah, yeah. My initiation and gift and and heart is the owl, and uh, okay, it's been there for me always. And it's funny because I was driving home one night and an owl kind of flew at my car and then guided me. And it said, "Don't remember, uh, don't forget that we have the ability to see in the dark and to guide all of us to the light, to the dawn." Um, and I think that's kind of what I feel like we can all do. You know, we can we can see even if it's dark. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. great. That's great. Yeah. Joanne, thank you so much for coming on our show this evening and for explaining shamanism and sound therapy healing and life events and your body work stuff. I encourage my audience to go on your site, look at your information and any events that are coming up. So if you're in the Tampa area, of course, um, to go visit you. And um, I, I deeply appreciate you coming on tonight. And um, I'm excited to learn more about this stuff as, as it goes on with you. Keep me posted when you uh, do finish your literary projects. So I'd be happy to have you yeah. come visit us and discuss with our audience exactly what you're up to. And I, I just can't thank you enough for being here. So I'm so grateful. This is such a joy. And like you said, it, just, <laughs> it flew by. There's so much good stuff to talk about. All positive. Thank you for your time. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for breaking that down because that's a very complex concept. And I love the fact that you're able to share your personal experiences with our audience. And, and I just can't thank you enough. Thank you. Yeah, let's, let's keep it less complicated and have some fun here, right? <laughs> okay. <laughs> have a great night. Thank you. You too. Thanks again. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. I just want to thank our audience uh, for hearing our episode tonight. I do want to let you know we do have a couple of things coming up on our show. We have a special episode Sunday, July 1st at 8 p.m. I'm actually going to have uh, special guest Harvey Kraft. Um, Harvey Kraft is the award-winning author of the book, The Buddha from Babylon. He's a transformational speaker and a spiritual archaeologist. That special episode will be on Sunday night this upcoming Sunday. And also we do have a Thursday night episode. I know the 4th of July is on Wednesday, but we do have a fourth, uh, an episode on Thursday night. We're featuring Asin Knight. Asin Knight is an actual uh, podcaster. He's the host of the Psychic Coffee Shop, your spiritual cup of Joe. And that'll be on Thursday night, our normal time at eight o'clock. I deeply appreciate everyone coming on to our show, uh, listening to our show tonight. I do have an ad for Royal Susie that I'd like to play at this time before we conclude our episode. So stay tuned for this. Are you looking for that perfect gift to express your appreciation for your loved one or bestie? Well, look no further. Royal Susie offers one-of-a-kind designs with genuine high-quality crystals, stones, and the most precious of metals that are guaranteed to satisfy the urges of your inner king or queen. Each piece is handcrafted with love and is sure to inspire and captivate all. Indulge yourself by visiting Royal Susie's website at www.royalsusie.com for splendid items like agate bookends, impressively crystal-studded bottle stoppers, and beautifully handcrafted nightlights that will charm every room in your home. Royal Susie's featured collections will truly delight your guests and always make them feel welcome. Any questions? 
Contact Royal Susie directly by email at royalsusiedesigns.yahoo.com. Thank you so much. Have a great week coming up. As I said, we have our special episodes on Sunday and Thursday. And here's our outro. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Social Psychic Radio Show. Don't forget to join us for another episode next time. If you enjoyed the show, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and give us a review on iTunes. You can also check us out on Facebook. And don't forget to visit the Social Psychic YouTube channel. Until next time, it's a big world out there. Keep an open mind, embrace your paradigms, and know that the universe is always yours to explore. At Baker's, no matter where you order free pickup, you get the same great deals as you'd get in store. So you can save when you order during band practice or at the dog park or wherever. Start your cart with the Baker's app and save from wherever today. Baker's, fresh for everyone. $35 order minimum restrictions may apply. Subject to availability. Get more ways to save at the buy five or more, save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Hi, I'm Lessa Cadet, host of her Extraordinary Life by Design podcast, where we celebrate women who are shaping their lives one extraordinary day at a time. I speak with women from all over the world about what they do and how they are passionately pursuing their dreams and creating meaningful impacts on their communities. So come join us and learn about all there is to learn about these extraordinary women. Hey guys, it's Miriam Love here. And I want to share something very special with you. Check out my new release, All In, the Spanish remixes, out now on Electric House Records. And always remember, be love, share love, all love. Available now wherever you listen to music.